want to talk to you a while again about the blessed life. And we're looking at some ingredients that will position us to live the blessed life. These things aren't talked about too much. There's a lot of conversation about the material side of things, and we believe in that. But I believe to get to those things, there's got to be some core ingredients that are active in our life. We've talked about obedience. You know, if you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. And then we talked about faithfulness last week, how that a faithful man shall abound with blessings. The faithfulness is our part, and the abounding part is his part. This morning I have another one that I want to share with you that I believe is so key to so many areas in our individual life and our life as a church. It's found in Psalms 112, and just the first verse is what we want to key on as a text this morning. Psalm 112, and we notice in verse 1 it says, Praise ye the Lord, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man. Who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord. Who delights greatly in His commandments. So we see then that we are blessed as we fear the Lord. And as we get happy and delight ourselves in His commandments. I saw this definition of the fear of the Lord. And I just want to read it to you this morning. Fearing the Lord means to be in awe of His holiness. To give Him complete reverence and honor. To him as the God of great glory, great majesty, great purity, and great power. When we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about having a respect for him. We're talking about having a reverence for him. And I know in my own life and I know in the life of this church that we can have a greater awe and we can have a greater respect for the Lord. Because I believe what the Lord wants to do in this day is He wants greater presence to be manifesting in our lives and in the church. And if there's going to be greater presence, there must be greater reverence. You see, you and I are sons of glory. We came from glory. One day we will go to glory. But in between, God is bringing us from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Now, when you talk about reverence and you talk about this, sometimes people's minds kind of go off on a tangent and they equate it with being depressed and having no fun. Yet I have found that God is a God of fun. He is the life of the party. Church is not meant to be depressing. Church is meant to be fun. In the, old, in the Old Testament, he commanded his people to dance. He commanded his people to rejoice. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to drink the sweet, eat the fat. This day is holy unto the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, samataya. And say, and the more place we give to him through respect, amen, the more he'll be able to minister to us and the more that he will be able to minister uh, through us. And so there are degrees of respect. And I know that I can grow and I know that we can grow as a church. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29, it says, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Ooh, we should be in awe of Him. We should be in awe of Him. 
He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And you know, when you and I get to heaven, (laughs) we're going to see some awesome things. When you go before the throne of God, there's a rainbow colored emerald in there. There's uh, angels. There's the Father. There's crystal uh, sea of glass proceeding from the throne. There's, there's lightnings and there's thunderings. I mean, it's God. Woo! And I am sure of one thing of this bunch. When we get to heaven, somebody says, when we get to heaven, we're not going to have this attitude. Oh, yeah, I read about that. This is neat. Oh, cool. Give me another cappuccino. Glad I came, man. Let me take a selfie. (laughs) Keep smiling. I love you. God loves you. But there's no disrespect in the throne room. There's joy and there's worship. And the will of God should be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. And so... We must do this by faith. The just shall live by faith. You don't always feel the presence of God. You don't always see the presence of God. But you don't have to see Him to love Him. Now you operate in awe and respect and reverence of Him by faith through worship and praise. You're going to get some feelings. You're going to, you're going to sense His presence. Just like we have sensed it Today, So we need to know what the fear of the Lord is, but we also need to know what it's not. The fear of the Lord is not some sort of formal or fake or false fear taught by man. In Isaiah 29 and 13, it says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth, and their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of man. Literally by the rules taught by men. So we see this in religion where people are afraid of God. As a little boy, I was terrified of God. I was so afraid of God. Because the God that I heard about was a God of, he's going to get you for that. How many of you are glad that he didn't get us for that? <laughs> Woo, for the mercy of God. Oh, for the grace of God. But this is kind of a, a religious type of spirit. It's taught by the concept of man. It's very gruff and very legalistic. And it causes people to live in bondage. How many of you know that we are not to live life looking over our shoulder? We're to live life looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Secondly, this fear of the Lord is not a devilish fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Did he? Well, what did he give us? He gave us a spirit of power and a love. David had a revelation of it. He said, look, 
I'm going through some stuff, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going through and I'm going to get to the other side. Even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. I just got to preach a little bit for he's with me. He's with you. He's for you. He's on the inside of you and he loves you. So a lot of this devilish fear, I think a lot of ways that people give place to it is they fear something that hasn't happened yet. You know, Jesus dealt with this. He said in Luke 21, 26, men swooning away or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on this world, looking for what's coming. Listen to this quote. It's never safe to look into the future with eyes of fear. That's why he's given us the eyes of faith. Where we can look beyond what's going on around us and we can keep our eyes fixed on the promises of God. And the promises of God will always prevail in our lives if we'll just hold fast and trust him with all of our heart. Amen. In 1 John 4, 17, it says, Herein is love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Think about that. God does not want us afraid in the day of judgment. If you walk with God with all of your heart, you have nothing to be afraid of. You can be bold in the day of judgment. Now, why is that? Because you're with Him. And He's with you. But not only that, the end of that verse says, Because as He is... What? That's great, isn't it? As he is, so are we. So there's no tormenting fear. Now notice we can have boldness in the day of judgment. That doesn't mean we're arrogant. That doesn't mean in that day we show disrespect. We're not going to go before the throne of God, I'll guarantee you, snapping our gum. Ladies, you're not going to be clipping your nails. Asking somebody, when that's going to be over? <laughs> we can be bold, not irreverent, or disrespectful. And that's exactly the way we can be down here. There's a throne of grace that's available to us to come to right now, every day. You see, the truth is, there's no fear in love. But this perfect love on the inside of us casts out fear. It dispels fear and turns it out of doors. Amen? So we know that godly fear has no torment, but devilish fear does. So number one, the fear of the Lord is not a fake or formal fear. Number two, it is not a devilish fear. What is the fear of the Lord? Listen to this. The fear of the Lord is to have respect for Him because of who He is and what He's done in your life. I like how Deuteronomy puts this, and Brenda gave me a great nugget in between services. You know, that's what wives do. They give you good nuggets and good meals too. Thank you, Jesus. In Deuteronomy 10 and 12 and 13, it says, And now Israel, what does the Lord require of you but to fear the Lord your God to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve Him, 
the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Verse 13, read it with me. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command this this day for thy good. Now, Brenda brought up something in the Spirit-filled Bible, and I'm just going to read it to you. What does the Lord your God require of you? God's requirements are expressed by means of active verbs that represents interrelated attitudes. To fear, to walk, to love, to serve, and to keep. These verbs denote allegiance to God. And so, to walk in the fear of the Lord, then, is the whole duty of man. Now, here's what's going to happen. When we really get to that place where we're really living this and we're walking this, all of a sudden, we will begin to hate what God hates. Now, certainly, we love what God loves. But you know, there's nothing wrong with hating what He hates. We're not to hate people, but when I see any of these things in my own life, I despise it. I don't like it. You know why I don't like it? Because God don't like it. And we're not so much to judge one another, but we are to judge ourselves. Hating what God hates is biblical. It's scriptural. Let me prove it to you. Proverbs 18 verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth or twisted speech do I hate. And so the fear of the Lord will not only cause us to hate evil, but the fear of the Lord will also motivate us to depart from it. I mean, when evil shows up, we got to run from it. Not walk away from it. We got to run from it. You know what the Bible says about fornication? What does the Bible say about fornication? Hang around a while and see how much you can tolerate until you sin? No, the Bible says flee fornication. The word flee there means run from as in tear. And I have no idea why we're getting off on that, but it's all true anyway. Proverbs 16.6 says this. By mercy and truth, iniquity or sin is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. See, when you and I fear the Lord, it will give us the restraints to say no. Say no to sin, but say yes to God. You see, respect for Him causes you to restrain from sin. Now, here's the good news. God never told you that you would be able to do this in and of yourself. Remember this in John 15. He says, without me, you can do nothing. You know what nothing is? Nothing times nothing equates nada. Nothing. But he didn't, he didn't tell us to do it without him. He said, I've given you the Holy Spirit to live with you and abide with you forever. And when he, the spirit of truth has come, it will be to your advantage. In other words, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's an advantage of the believer. And one of the advantages of the Holy Spirit is not just power from on high and the gifts of the Spirit and to speak in other tongues, but one of the greatest advantages of the Holy Spirit is this. If you through the Spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you're going to live. Now you do understand this, that your flesh is not born again. 
if we allow our flesh to go unchecked, the flesh will do exactly what it did before it was born again. And that's why, hence, we have a lot of carnal Christians. Now, what does the word carnal mean? The word carnal means flesh. To be carnally minded is to be meat-headed. You take the Spanish word carne. I'm not talking about asada. I'm talking about carnal. To be carnally minded, flesh-minded, meathead. Not calling you a meathead today. But I think all of us have been a meathead at one time or the other. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will help you. He will help you. Take advantage of His presence. Don't ignore His presence. Cultivate the presence of the Lord. Practice the presence of the Lord. Become God inside minded. Become greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world minded. For as we become God inside minded, it will keep us from contaminating pollutants that are in the world that would cause us to draw away from God. But if we will draw nigh to God, He will draw nigh to us. As we become aware of His presence, oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Every enemy shall be scattered. So say it with me. Let God arise. Let the Holy Ghost rise up on the inside. And let all of His enemies be scattered. Declare this strongly with me. Sin shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not living under the law. But I'm living under the grace of God. I take full advantage of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence and He always causes me to depart from evil. Is that good news? Hallelujah! By the fear of the Lord, the Bible says in Proverbs sixteen six, by mercy and truth iniquity is purged. Thank God for the mercy of God. And thank God for the grace of God. It is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men do what? Men depart from evil. And so this is good news to us today. This ought to encourage us to develop a greater fear of Him. A greater awe of Him. A greater respect of Him. Now, when we do these things, some things happen. I mean, floodgates open, guys. We're talking about the blessed life. There are blessings and there are things that can happen in our lives when we do these things. Anybody interested in it? Let me give them to you very quickly. First of all, Psalm 34 verse 7 says this, that the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that are casual about their relationship with him. No, the angel of the Lord encamps around about those that reverence him, but not only that, but delivers them. 
What is this saying? That means the angels of God will surround you and protect you when you walk in the fear of the Lord because you've made a decision you're going to walk in security. Number two, days are added to your life. How many of you are interested in living long, but not just living long, living strong? That's the will of God. That's why earlier in the service, the Holy Spirit was talking about strength. Look at this verse. Proverbs 10, 27 says this. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Number three. You will be able to avoid the snares of death. How many of you know that there's a fowler out there? R.W. Shambach said he's a fowler because he's trying to foul things up. And so there's snares out there. There's traps out there. But notice in Proverbs 14, 27 in the Amplified. Read it with me. Ready, read. Reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Think about it. Just think of how many snares of death that the enemy has set up for you that you have avoided. In your travel ways, in all of your ways. Just think how many snares out there that have already been set up for your future. But if you'll fear the Lord daily, you'll avoid them. I like that. That we may avoid the snares of death. You know, a lot of times, and I want to get heavy today. It's not my my job. But a lot of times, you know, God gets blamed for a lot of stuff he had nothing to do with. You know, God just, you know, he sent that tornado and blew that gospel tent down. Or, you know, he, he... Sister so-and-so, you know, she got cancer and she died young. And God gets the blame. We just don't know why. It's a mystery. Well, you know, the mystery's been unveiled. And the mystery's been unfolded. No sense of blaming God for what God's not, had, had, God's not involved in. And I say I don't want to get heavy, but sometimes we open the door for the snare of the fowler. In a multitude of ways. You know, we can open the door through fear. We can open the door through, you know, wrong relationships. All those things. It's the law of sin and death. But I found a scripture that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will make us free from the law of sin and death. Can you say amen? amen? Number four. We can have riches, honor, and life as a reward. Proverbs 22.4 in the Amplified says this, The reward of humility and the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord. What is that reward? Come on, you're not at the restaurant yet, are you? I mean, I've been preaching 22 minutes and 45 seconds. This, this is a message really that could go for months. I'm just giving you the headlines of it. But how many of you know that riches and honor are a good thing? Especially when your riches come as a result of honoring Him. 
See, if we will honor Him, what will He do? He will honor us. And one of the greatest ways that He honors us with His presence. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. But you know, God doesn't mind you having riches. God doesn't mind your needs being met. But even beyond that, He doesn't mind your needs being met and you having more than more than more than enough to be a blessing to other people, to missionaries like this, to people all over the world that are spreading the gospel, the good news. Blessed to be a blessing. And that's why, you know, we do this Joy of Generosity campaign at the end of the year. Where we not only get caught up with our budget. How many of you know our budget is met? By faith. And at the end of the year, we're going to have extra. We'll not just have enough. We'll have more than enough. But it's not just for us. Because we're going to sow into missions. We're going to sow into projects. Matter of fact, we're going to sow into their ministry. Amen. Right at the end of the year, beginning of the year, we're going to send them a generous offering for their missionary endeavors. Amen? How many of you can shout about that? So don't get crossed up with this thing of, you know, oh, I don't know rich. You know, rich is not a dirty word. Money is not the problem. The love of money is the problem. And I remember Brother Copeland saying years ago, you can not have a nickel to your name and be guilty of that sin of the love of money. Can I dance now? <laughs> Woo, I feel like shouting in the house today. Number five, you will receive re- revelations about the blessings that God's prepared for you. You've got to have vision and know that your future's bright. And one of the ways that we prepare our lives for what He has prepared for us is by reverently fearing the Lord. This is a great verse of Scripture. Jim Caseman showed me this years ago in uh, Psalms 25 and verse 14. If there ever was a man that had a revelation, a blood covenant, it's Jim Caseman. I mean, it is rich. And he shared this verse with us many, many years ago. Look at this. It says now, the secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship of the Lord. It's sweet. Have they who fear, revere, and worship Him. And, here's the blessing, He will show them His covenant and reveal to them its deep You suppose there's more we can see? You suppose there's more we can know about this covenant with our covenant-keeping God? He will show us. Pray this with me. Show me, Lord, your covenant. And reveal to me. May the eyes of my heart be flooded with light. Reveal to me its deep inner meeting, meaning. Hallelujah. Number six, God has laid up his goodness for those who fear him. Psalm thirty-one, nineteen. 
Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up, which you have stored up for those that fear you, which you have worked for them that trust in you before the sons of men. The psalmist said this, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want to them that fear him. If we have no want in our lives, are we living the blessed life? Number seven, God will deliver you from death and provide for you in a time of lack. Psalm 33, let's look at it. Psalm 33, behold, the Lord's eye is upon those who what? Who revere and worship him with what? With awe. Who wait for him and hope in his mercy and in his loving kindness. Verse 19. To deliver them from death. Here's a famine fact. God loves you. Fear him. And you will be kept alive. Yeah, but what about the planet? What about the planet? What about Mother Earth? I said last week, the mother is not our, the earth is not our mother. God did not make the planet for us. He made us for the planet. Now that doesn't mean we abuse it. But I'm telling you folks, whatever might happen in this world, God is still God. And his eye is upon those who will love him and fear him. Amen? Amen. Number eight, you will receive an abundance of his grace and of his mercy. Psalms 317 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that are real casual and his righteousness unto his children's children. I think that casual Christianity is one of the biggest culprits for a lack of presence in the body of Christ today. That came right out of my spirit. Now, I'm not judging anybody, and I'm not judging any church. Lord knows I have enough in my backyard to keep clean. But I've just decided I'm not going to trade in the presence of God for a cup of cappuccino and bagels and toast in the sanctuary. Oh yeah, this is groovy. It's just wonderful. Another cappuccino. Drink the cappuccino outside, fellowship outside, come into church and fellowship with God. I think some folks' genes are so skinny it's going to choke them to death. I love the church. I love the body of Christ. But there is an anointing that's needed to reach people. And we can, we can fog in all the glory we want. And you can have glory machines, and that's great, and that's awesome for some. Not criticizing it. I'm just saying I'd have, rather have the real than fake glory. Number nine, 
You'll receive divine wisdom as well as long... Everyone say long life. Verse 10 and 11 of Proverbs 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied and the years of thy life shall be increased. And how many of you have kids? How many of you got grandkids? How many of you got spiritual kids? I know Ron and Annette, you got spiritual kids all over the Amazon. I mean, all over the place. Did you? Were you born there or... You were born in the Amazon. Praise the Lord. Wow. Born on the... Think about that. His whole life. And their whole life. Sown for the cause of Christ. They got spiritual kids all over the place. Brenda and I have spiritual kids all over the place. We look at you as our spiritual children. God's raised up a good, good bunch here. Amen. But now whether it be your spiritual kids... Or whether it be your natural kids or your grandkids. Number 10. Your children and future generations will be blessed. And you will experience, now listen, financial blessings as well as prosperity. Generations. Think about it, guys. Generations. The seeds you've sown will go on and on and on into future generations. Future generations in Amazon. Future generations in Honduras. Future generations in the Bay Area. Long after Brenda and I are gone, after about 150 years. Future generations are going to be blessed. Hallelujah. You're in the future right now. Amen. Glory to God. The future's bright. Yes, amen. And you don't have to be a missionary to Honduras or a missionary to Peru or a pastor that's pastored the same church for almost 38 years. You do not have to be that for your generations to be blessed and for your life to be blessed. All it takes is to walk with God, serve Him, obey His commandments. Notice Psalm 112, verses 1 through 3. Read it with me. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delights greatly in His commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Let's say that with enthusiasm. Shall be what? Shall be blessed. Verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endures. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the fear of the Lord is our treasure. And it's his treasure. So I want to share four things real quickly. I've been preaching 34 minutes and 33 seconds. Brenda asked me, how can you do that? By the grace of God. All week long, I want to encourage you to practice the fear of the Lord. Just get, and this doesn't have to be, you know, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. You don't have to be super duper saint to do this. You can be born again for one minute and do this. 
Do it by honoring Him. For example, get up from your nap today and say, Lord, I love you. I honor you. I worship you. I honor you with everything that I have. I honor you with my tithes. I honor you with my offerings. Practice the fear of the Lord. How do we do that? By respecting His Word. Get in the Word. Get the Word in you. Read the Word. Meditate in the Word. Speak the Word. Act on the Word. That's honoring God. And then invite Him into your everyday life. Invite Him into your life before you have your first sip of coffee. Invite Him into your day before you get on BART. And for heaven's sake, invite Him into your life before you get on 880. Come on, somebody. Invite Him. Don't exclude Him. Include Him. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him. That's showing respect for Him. And then present your body as a living sacrifice. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. So pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I honor you today. I present my life and my body as a living sacrifice. Wholly acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable worship and my reasonable service. Reveal to me how I can show greater respect, not only in the house of the Lord, but wherever I am, I commit it to you.